Welcome to Jmart's State of Health podcast. I'm your host, Jmart, and on this podcast, I want to share my experiences as a personal trainer and health coach, as well as my personal stories from self-experimentation about the various aspects of health, ranging from physical training and nutrition to other lifestyle choices. In this episode, I will be discussing the three most important points when it comes to building muscle mass with my friend and client, Alex. Alex is a Pilates instructor, as well as a mother of a 15-month-old boy. She came to me for help with reaching her new goal of building muscle mass after successfully losing all the weight gained from pregnancy by herself. We talked about the three pillars of muscle building, also known as muscle hypertrophy, in depth. They are number one, adequate stimulus through physical training. We specifically talked about the strategy of alternating training blocks between high volume with low to moderate loads and low volume with heavy loads. The second pillar is support for muscle hypertrophy with nutrition. We discussed the need to be in a caloric surplus and macronutrient and micronutrient requirements to gain muscle mass. And the third and last pillar is optimizing recovery to promote growth and repair. We talked about getting adequate amounts of sleep and optimizing the circadian rhythm for recovery. If you've ever wondered, what do I need to do or change in order to build muscle mass as efficiently as I can? Then this episode is for you. If you've never thought about gaining more muscle mass, then perhaps I can sow the seed of you becoming curious about it by quickly mentioning the downsides of low muscle mass. So low muscle mass is associated with increased risk of falls, osteoporosis, hospital readmission, and difficulties in activities of daily living. At the same time, it leads to fat mass increases late in life, which increases the risk of developing sarcopenic obesity. Of course, association does not mean causation, but I think many of you will be able to see that lack of physical training is what connects low muscle mass to associate with all these negative health outcomes. If you want to be in a positive, thriving state of health, then think about what you need to do to gain more muscle mass. Before we start the episode, I want to do a quick shameless plug of my free bodyweight training program called Body Basics, which requires absolutely no equipment to get started. Body Basics is a summary of the most important movement lessons I've learned in the past four years as a personal trainer, combined into an accessible training program for beginner and intermediate trainees. If that sounds like you, then get started with the program at subscribepage.com slash bodybasics. That's subscribepage, S-U-B-S-C-R-I-B-E-P-A-G-E, subscribepage.com slash bodybasics, B-O-D-Y-B-A-S-I-C-S. Body Basics. No space. All right, let's listen to the first episode of Jmart's State of Health podcast. It's my conversation with my friend and client, Alex, where we discuss the three pillars of muscle hypertrophy. Hey, Alex. Hi, John. Thanks for joining me on Zoom. Thanks for having me. No problem. So uh, you came to me with a question, and it was about a specific goal that you have that you need my help in kind of putting the roadmap out for you in terms of how to get there. So why don't we start with that? What is your goal? Right. So like I'm now 15 months postpartum. I finally lost all of that postpartum weight. And now I'm, my next goal is to gain muscle. And so as a Pilates instructor, I know a lot about movement and stuff like that, but I don't know how to strictly exercise to the gains. Mm-hmm. Um, and and diet so I don't know how to alter my diet 
in order to, to get the best results possible because I really only want to try this for about 12 weeks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's kind of you, part of your question was how long do you think would be a good amount of time to put a serious effort towards this to see some sort of like significant change. And my suggestion was that 12 weeks would be a good amount to, to start with, or at least like, yeah, to, to put your effort towards not to start with, because it's not like this is you're, you're, you're going at a high intensity for this amount of time. And then you would like to kind of take a step back and uh, reassess and kind of go back to your normal life maybe. Yeah, well, like a normal life, like and keep exercise involved in it always, but maybe not as, yeah, intense. And I think it works out really well the twelve weeks because it'll take me right to the end of twenty twenty. So, mm-hmm. nice way to end off a great year. Sure, sure, you can celebrate at at exactly. Christmas with a big turkey. <laughs> cool. All right, so um. I guess just to let everyone in on this conversation a little bit deeper, we actually have already had this uh, kind of talk before and uh, I already kind of went over what my, uh, you know, initial thoughts were regarding like building muscle. And if you remember, I mentioned three key things that we need when we're, uh, when we're talking about muscle building. Yeah. Uh, So let's go over (laughs) all three of them. So the first one, I'll give you the first one, and I'll quiz you on the on the second and third one. There was a quiz. <laughs> or, or, or do you want to do the first? Do you want to start with one because you'll probably get one? Then, uh, there was uh, the most uh, important one that I was very excited about was rest. Rest. <laughs> <laughs> so yes. So uh, adequate sleep, right? Uh, that's uh, that's actually the, I, I, if we're going by order, I would say. Well, no, I'm not going to give uh, like a ranking or a hierarchy. But in terms of like a timeline, I guess I would say then it's like the last thing that happens mm-hmm. because you need that recovery because when you're doing, when you're, when you're training, right, you're actually damaging tissue. And then there's the repair, growth and repair period. And that happens during sleep. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So we need, we need adequate amounts of sleep or else the work you're doing is kind of going to waste. Awesome. Anything else you remember? Uh, the work part. The work part, right? Adequate stimulus. We need adequate stimulus. And this is why you're coming to me. And then the last one. Food, protein. Exactly. <laughs> so the, the, you got it. You got all three. So we need adequate stimulus. If we're going kind of like the timeline, we need adequate stimulus. We need to work hard and the right amount to uh, give the signal to our body that we want to build muscle. Then we need the building blocks uh, for that muscle building to happen. And that's where nutrition, diet comes in, protein you mentioned, absolutely. And lastly, we have the building blocks, we have the signal, okay, let's do it, let's rebuild. It's not going to happen daytime, it's going to happen when we're sleeping, when we're recovering. Okay, all that's clear so far, right? Clear. Okay, so (laughs) clear as mud. So let's move on to each one individually. Uh, so let's start with uh, adequate stimulus. Uh, so that's kind of like, I guess, one of the main, main reasons why you're coming, uh, you're asking me for help. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe just like, what do you know? And then maybe there's like cer- certain myths that we can bust or something. Cause I, I do like maybe one thing I'll, I'll touch on quickly 
is when you first came to me, you said you wanted to tone a lot, and I and I kind of gave you what my uh, thoughts were on that. You didn't like that. That was correct verbiage. (laughs) Well, okay. So why why do you think I think that? Right, because you don't toning is not really a state of anything. Right. Sure. What I meant by toning was that, like, if I held my arm up, you would see that I have muscles. That's what I meant by tone. But I'm also aware that tone is like an actual uh, something to do with your muscles. And yeah, yeah, absolutely. It actually like has a tone, which is a different thing. So yeah, exactly. So the tone of the muscle is what's keeping you upright when you're standing as opposed right. to just falling over like a jello. <laughs> like, Except he's actually staying up, but you would be falling if you didn't have tone in your, in your muscles. Right. So what you're saying is you want to be able to see muscle yeah. and you want it not to be covered by fat. So you want to build That's muscle correct. and lose body fat. That's correct. Yeah. Which means you need, you want to have a better body composition. Correct. Okay. That, that's kind of, it's a common thing that I think just marketers in the fitness industry have, uh, you know, gone after. And I mean, I don't have a problem with them doing that, but I also, uh, because it's, you know, everyone can market anything they want to in any way. I'm not going to stop anyone, but I'm also going to try to push back and pr- offer a, a rebuttal by saying that it's not a real thing. And that if you, if you want what you're describing, which many girls, many women want, uh, sorry, I didn't mean to say girls and women. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, then, uh, yeah, you want to you want to achieve a better body composition through losing body fat and increasing muscle mass, and that just puts everybody on the same page, and then we can like have a deeper conversation moving from that. Right. Yeah. Cool. So one, uh, you know, quick advice that I'll I'll give on 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 training is when, when it comes to building muscle, and this is a, you know, it doesn't take a genius to figure this out, but it, uh, the best way to stimulate muscle growth is to alternate between high volume and high intensity. Okay. Right? So when it comes to muscle building, you, as long as you use a weight that's between 40 to 85%, I believe that's the range that most uh, studies quote, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and you work that weight close to your failure point. Uh, well, I have a question. 40 to 80% of what? Your, your one rep max. Of my, oh, of my one rep max. Okay. Yeah, for that same exercise. Yeah, sorry. I wasn't very clear on that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, so 40 to 85% of your one rep max for that exercise, if you use that amount of weight and you work that weight to close to failure, then you've done adequate stimulus to, um, you know, signal muscle hypertrophy to build muscle. Okay. So that's a huge range, right? Yeah, that's a big range. And yeah, then, so- like, I, how do I know exactly what my what my one rep max is? Because, like, for anybody watching this, this is also happening during, like, COVID-19 quarantines and gyms are not really an option, so I have to use, like, what is in my home. Right. And so that will have to come from uh, different variations of body weight exercises. Okay. um, Kind of figuring out what is the variation that feels the highest intensity that you can maybe do at most two to three reps of. Got it. Yeah. Okay. And then you'd have to scale that. And then, so 
So and one easy way to do that, I guess, is to think about reps in reserve. This is good. I, I love I like that question. So because now we're going off on a, an, an important tangent that I'd like to talk about is uh, this idea of uh, reps in reserve. Okay, so you can do an exercise and be able to like do you know ten reps, and after that, you know you can't do any more. That's your that's your failure point. And what you can do is um, assign that a rate of perceived exertion of 10, right? So you reach failure, so that's 10. And then what you can do then is say, okay, I'm going to go to 80 or 90% of that. So I'm going to have one or two reps in reserve. And that's now going to be kind of like your, you know, close estimation when it comes to, you know, using body weight as opposed to the weights that you're, you're doing. Got it. So in layman's terms, like I could be able to do two more, but I'm not going to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. And then, um, you know, uh, so, so then if, if you, you have two reps in reserve, then your kind of rate of perceived duration is an eight out of 10. So you can assign that to be 80%. So now you're in that 40 to 80% range. Okay. Um, and so going back to that large range from 40 to 85%, you can kind of think about it very intuitively with a lower weight that's closer to 40% of your one rep max, you're going to be able to do a high volume. You're going to do a lot of reps. And then when you get to the 85% range of your one rep max, you're only going to be able to be able to do a few reps. So it naturally makes sense. You're going to do waves of kind of training where you're going to do high reps, keep the weights low. Uh, yeah. And then tire yourself out that way and then switch to the high weights and, you know, amp up the intensity, you know, make each rep count, but it's only maybe three to five reps and then keep switching back and forth. So I think for the 12 week program that we're thinking about for designing for you, we'll basically start with like, so I would say we'll just separate into three, four week chunks the first four weeks is going to be more of an introductory kind of get you back into things. And then the last four, uh, eight weeks, every two weeks, I think we'll just alternate between high volume, high intensity, high volume, high intensity. Okay. So it'll be like a week kind of thing. Like this is a volume week. This is an intensity week. Yeah. It'll be every two, two week blocks basically for volume and to intensity. I think that's a good, uh, amount of time to, uh, to, to do like one or the other. Right. And then be able to switch back enough times during that eight weeks to like really, um, to really, uh, you know, have, have, a, have a big effect. Cause you said you want to be, you want to really go for this as, as much as you can for these, for these 12 weeks. So I, um, I am saying that now, John, I am. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like I've dug myself a little bit of a hole, <laughs> I'm stuck, which is good. I mean, the, I, that's kind of what I wanted is, is to keep myself, um, you know. Accountable. Yes, that's the word. That's the word. Accountability. Accountability. Otherwise, I don't know. Like, I don't think my 15-month-old will keep me accountable. I don't think. <laughs> well, in all fairness to you, you kept yourself very accountable in order to, um, um, you know, get to where you are at this point. Uh, you know, uh, I know you maybe uh, had a, some struggles in the beginning, but, you know, you, you overcame that. And you know, <laughs> you're uh, kind of uh, 
at your weight prior to, you know, getting pregnant. So amazing. Good for you. And, uh, yeah, I think that's great. Now the journey Uh, moves on. (laughs) Sorry. So let's move on to the second, um, bullet point for, uh, what we need for muscle hypertrophy, which was, okay. So diet and nutrition. So we have movement and exercise. We have diet and nutrition. We need to need the two in harmony. They can't be clashing or else. This is the one that I'm scared of because the exercise you can add in. I can get that in. It's the diet that I'm like a nervous long term. Mm -hmm. Maybe the first week. Sure. Second week. Sure. I think it's going to be like week six, seven, eight. That is going to be tough. Right. Right. Um, well, I think, uh, yeah, there is gun. The, you're right. The progression is basically, you know, you kind of get into it and you're excited in the beginning. So you're pretty good and you, you even kind of get the hang of it and you, uh, you know, start getting used to it, but then kind of in the middle there, you get kind of get into a rut. And you have to, uh, you know, you look for supports around you. And, you know, I definitely can be that. Um, People around you, you know, your family can be, you can talk to them about it. So what do you think? So we already have talked about this. We'll definitely cover all the points briefly uh, again. But what do you think is going to be the biggest challenge for you? in terms of diet, what's going to be the hardest thing, the biggest obstacle? Well, the hard, so I don't live alone. I live with, you know, my husband and my parents and my, one of my sisters. So I feel like it'll be a little bit of a challenge for me to, there's a lot of uh, people eating things that I'm not going to be able to eat or vice versa, or I'm making dinner for everybody else. So it's, I think it's just going to be that separation between uh, their Mm-hmm. Mine and maybe hopefully we can try to find a little bit of an overlap so like I don't have to make myself my own dinners every single time and that mm-hmm. I can kind of eat what they're eating too and not feel like completely isolated like I'm only eating mm-hmm. in every single night and mm-hmm. they're eating pasta you know what I mean I think that's right <laughs> right so you you definitely Sorry, what was that last thing? I kind of temptations. That's the word I was looking for. Right, right. Temptations going to be tough. Yeah. Well, I mean, when we did talk about this uh, last time, I did kind of go over how like it does. You don't have to be completely restrictive in terms of what you're eating. Yeah. Ultimately, for muscle hypertrophy, you do need to be in a calorie surplus. So (laughs) calorie surplus, everybody's favorite. I mean, I, so I, I think it's possible. I also think it's possible to be, you know, at a, at a slight deficit or, you know, not overly uh, exceeding your, you know, basal metabolic rate in terms of how much calories you consume. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely easier if you're in excess. Right. At least that's my, you know, experience with it. So, uh, you know, you don't have to feel like... Uh, you have to cut down on the total amount of food you're eating. It's just, so you're, I guess, yeah, you're talking about the temptations of like some of the foods that, well, what do you think you can't, you can't eat? You can't. Pasta. Pasta. (laughs) Well, so do you want, do you want, I think what my original suggestion was is you can eat it just depends on how much. Right. Yeah. 
And that's kind of like what I, I, you made me feel a little bit more at ease when we talked the last time because you made it seem like it isn't like crazy changes. And obviously, like I'll stick, like I'll stay away from anything like processed or like mm-hmm. excess, like just refined sugars, et cetera. Sure. Yeah, having a focus on a whole foods kind of uh, approach to yeah. you know making your meals, absolutely. That's going to be just generally good health advice. Uh, I think it'll help with the you know muscle hypertrophy as well. Uh, what and then the other kind of main points I guess that we discussed regarding food was that obviously you know you have to have more of a protein centric yeah. view at what you're consuming. Mm-hmm. I guess we we're trying to see the food as more of a fuel, right, rather than like this social kind of instrument that you know we use to you know entertain ourselves. So uh, the last time we talked, you talked about like certain percentages and like, so mm-hmm. how many grams of protein that I would need per day based on my current body weight and like the percentage of fat that I would want to be, et cetera. So can you go over that again? Cause I don't, mm-hmm. I don't remember a lot of it. Right. So there's a lot of like different suggestions based on this. There's some suggestions that say, you know, quite low numbers and then there's, you know, different camps kind of discussing that possibly, you know, the low numbers are adequate for just maintenance, but to really build muscle and do it like, well, higher numbers are more, 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 uh, uh, you know, uh, what do you call it? Just more, more, uh, there, there, you'll get better results with higher, higher protein consumption. Right. So I would say, you know, it's, it's easy to modulate how much protein you're eating. You just have to kind of like get a good sense of, you know, how much things weigh and how much protein you're getting from that. And then, then you're just kind of like, all right, is this working? No, then I can eat a little bit more, but you know, the, on the low end, the suggestions are one gram of protein per kilogram of muscle mass. Okay. So, but I think that's actually a little bit too low. So often what I do is I actually switch that to instead of per kilogram, I say per pound. Right. So that makes it so that you're, is it okay if we talk about your weight on camera? Yeah. yeah. They don't have, they don't have a polyam, so it doesn't 150 matter. pounds. And we're, we're going for a conservative um, kind of uh, estimate of, looking at 20% body fat. So meaning 80% of that, we're going to estimate as, you know, our muscle mass. So 80% of 150 is 120. So if we're, if I'm suggesting one gram of protein per pound of muscle mass, then I would say you're looking at 100 to 120 grams of protein daily. Right. And what I was going to say is, uh, and I mentioned this last time as well, I don't think it, hugely matters whether you're doing that spread out throughout the day or in like larger doses at once or at two times. And then, so it's not a big, it's not a big thing to worry about. There are much more important things such as like your training and the fact that you actually are getting the protein to worry about than like when you're getting it. Right. So, so let's say I have a goal of like 120 grams a day and like, is it better if 
I get 100 if I can't get, you know, 120? Is it better to be a little bit under or is it always better to just like shoot over? I think that under days, like what I'm at, I guess what I'm saying is like our under days bad. I don't want to make you feel like it's it's like bad in that sense. It's more so just like try to be consistent. If you don't make it one day, it's not a big deal. Just tomorrow's another opportunity to make it. But give yourself, that's why I'm saying like give yourself a bit of a range. 100 to 120, I think is a good range. So that if you're not meeting that 120, you're still kind of, you have a good buffer there to uh, to fall under. Uh, I can give you just a couple of quick uh, examples of, of what, what like how much protein is is in certain foods. Oh, that'd be great! Like an egg. I really like eggs. Yeah. So an egg. Um, if you just look up eggs protein content on Google, it'll tell you 13 grams of protein per 100 grams. 100 grams a is like, eggs in a day, John. A hundred gra- grams is like two eggs. It's just under two eggs, I believe. So if you have, um, you know, three eggs, you're already at uh, 20% of your daily intake. Right. Or I can just eat 10 eggs. <laughs> we're not worried about cholesterol or anything else, are we? Uh, no, we're not. Uh, oh, that's a good question. Let's talk about, do you want, do you want to spend, maybe we'll just touch on it real quickly. Yeah. Just generally speaking, I think the amount of cholesterol that you, uh, consume through food, I think it's been shown that it has very little effect on the actual amount of cholesterol found in, in blood when they measure that. So from that sense, I think it's not a, it's not a big issue. And then uh, also the uh, kind of model of uh, chronic uh, uh, cardiac disease um, from, um, you know, cholesterol kind of being placed as like the, at the center of being responsible for that. I think that's a, a faulty model that's slowly kind of shifting by the wayside. It'll take, uh, I think a little bit, a few more years for that to kind of come to the forefront, but I, yeah, I think the food that you're intaking has no big impact on on the total amount you have, and it's not a big issue to begin with. Awesome. So then I'm just going to be Gaston then and just, like, <laughs> eat dozens of eggs a day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, let's try chicken breast. I'm going to type in chicken breast. So 100 grams of chicken breast has 31 grams of protein. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's pretty good. And and like is the idea like lean protein is best or is protein is protein is protein? Uh I would say protein is protein when it comes to uh from animal source. But from plant sources it's different because the amount of calories you consume drastically increases for the same amount of protein that you consume from, uh, right. from non-animal concentration uh, sources. And then how about, so you did mention before, I don't know if like if you're done with chatting about protein, because I know you mentioned also perhaps like staying away from dairy is a good idea. Right. I, I, I We were just talking about like, I think at that point, like, is there anything that you want to cut out of your diet? And I said, if there's anything you're considering, the two most common things are gluten and dairy. So if you want to cut out dairy, that's okay. I I think like 
personally, like uh, I did talk about how I don't have a problem with fermented dairy. Uh, so if you have, you know, yogurt, kefir, um, sour cream, all those things, I'm, I'm okay with that as long as they're like, you know, really good, good sources. Um, but also like cutting dairy can be kind of challenging because it cut, cuts down on your source, sources of protein. So if you're having a hard time kind of meeting your protein target, then I, I don't want to recommend cutting it out. You Have you had like problems with eating dairy previously? No. Yeah, I think a large portion of the population has no problems with eating dairy. So if you, if you fit into that, then uh, there's no reason to cut it out, I think. Honestly, I don't think I eat that much dairy other than cheese anyway. Like, I don't drink milk. I don't eat really cereal. I really don't eat that much yogurt. I might actually try. Uh, cool. I can teach you how to make your own uh, uh, Greek yogurt. Cool. I made a fresh batch this morning. Did you? I actually have. Do you use rennet? Because I have some rennet downstairs. I do use rennet. You use that for making cheese. Yeah. Yeah, I want to try to make cheese, too. Cool. Let's okay, do it we'll together. That that's, a, that's a different conversation, a different video chat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. And then let's let's do one more. Let's do like steak. Hmm. Steak protein content. Oh, it's actually less, 25 grams, because it's more fatty, right? Okay. 25 grams of protein per 100 grams of steak. So is that why you hear a lot of people talk about like, oh, I only really chicken when I'm like working on weight gain and whatever, because I guess it just has a high concentration of protein and low fat, just like a clean meat kind of deal. Yeah, exactly. So you're maximizing, uh, like they're, they're eating as little as possible while maximizing the protein that, that, in that way, uh, they don't have. Can I ask another question? How do you feel about like protein supplements in uh, like smoothies or whatever, like a, like a Vega powder or whatever? Uh, I used to take those quite a lot. And then at some point I was, I just like, I, I don't have like a strong opinion on this. I just have my own experience. At some point I was like, you know what? I think I'm just getting enough protein from the real food that I'm eating yeah. And I'm just spending all this extra money on this stuff that I, I don't think it's really helping me all that much. So I've kind of got, yeah. Yeah. I was just thinking about it because I, I drink a lot of smoothies at home anyway. Mm-hmm. So if it was an easy way for me to just like put a spoon in just to make sure. Yeah. Like, so I, I, like I used to do that and I, it probably helped me. It's hard to know for sure, but I think it probably helped me. So if you're having a hard time meeting that 100 to 120 gram target, then absolutely go ahead and use use some. Do you have a brand that you particularly like, or do you not Uh, really care? There's one, I think it was like called New Zealand Whey Protein. It's a bit expensive, but it's like apparently New Zealand um, dairy is like, some of the best dairy in the world and it's like they regulate I guess don't quote me on any of this because this is all just like hearsay that I've picked up from you know people that I've never actually (laughs) looked up myself (laughs) but um yeah they they have like really good dairy um just because their cows are really well kept or whatever or or they're um, I think they love their cows Um, all right yeah. Well, I'll I'll take a look anyway.
Yeah, New Zealand whey protein, I think is what it's called. Mm, and then uh, regarding nutrition, so there's like, so we have adequate protein and then kind of the, and I was saying, you, so you need um, ad adequate protein. It's better if you're in calorie surplus. And then the, there's two other points that I mentioned. One of them was that um, I want you to have more of a micronutrient focus as well. And kind of like the two micronutrients that I specifically, well, not two micronutrients, two sources of food that I specifically mentioned for getting like lots of micronutrients from, or do you remember what they were? Nope. I'm glad we're talking about this. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we talked about organ meats. Oh yeah. I remember. I blocked it out for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Organ meats, uh, liver, um, and onions, liver pate. Um, does that jog your memory? Do you remember what the second thing was? No. <laughs> That's okay. It was a uh, broth, so bone broth. Oh yeah, I do remember. I don't know. I can't believe I forgot that. I was like already planning on making it. <laughs> okay, awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Awesome, yeah. And then the, so uh, just briefly, liver is just like high in many minerals, like lots of. Uh, the, like magnesium, zinc, these are ones that people are traditionally low in anyway. So uh, definitely uh, can up that through liver. And then uh, from broth, uh, I'm thinking the main one that we really need is collagen, uh, something that we don't get a lot from muscle meat. And collagen will be uh, important for mu muscle hypertrophy as well. Right. Well, and it's nice going into the fall and winter too. I'm happy to have lots of soups. Yeah, bone broth pumpkin soup, baby. Yeah, that sounds. I just got a pumpkin from the pumpkin patch last weekend, so that makes sense. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. All right, I think I've covered everything I want to cover regarding the diet part. Just one last anything. Yeah, there, I did ask you another question. I don't know uh, about like what to eat before, what to eat after, and like is it important to eat the eat protein I guess specifically at a certain time in my day on the days that I am working out but I from what I remember you said it doesn't really matter because I'm not like super training for any like specific uh sport I'm just doing it for fun so yeah seriously yeah, I think that's generally my stance is when it's like very detailed kind of aspect of the whole kind of picture, I think, is that really that important or are there kind of a few very basic things that we can really focus on that'll have a much greater effect? Right. And it's I think- It's always part of conversation, you know, like eat a banana like 30 minutes before your workout and you'll do a better job or like drink chocolate milk within 30 minutes after your workout for better results and stuff. But you don't necessarily feel like that is important. I think, again, that falls under the category of good marketing and, <laughs> and maybe- People are making a lot of money is what you're saying. And maybe there is something to it, but again, it's probably something so small that it might make a big difference on like a scale of like professional athletes where like every little edge they get on one another is, is an edge that makes them millions of dollars. That's kind of like where I was taking it. But if it's just you trying to do the best you can for your 12 weeks, yeah, it's probably just a small piece of the puzzle and you can probably just focus on big, better, more important things. I also asked you 
because my husband and I have been brewing beer in our basement. So about like drinking alcohol and whether or not that's uh, that's an A-OK. And you were, you mentioned something about like I could have like a bottle every now and then, but I can't remember if you said it's not days that I exercise, right? So on a workout day, don't necessarily have it after. More, if I remember correctly, because it would affect my sleep that day. Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. See, yeah. I listened. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, you basically summarized it. So try to do it on days where you're not working out. And then that way you can sleep well, recover well from the workout. And then the next day, um, yeah, and it's, it'll be your rest day. And then maybe it'll help you rest even more, like get into a better, you know, state of relaxation. <laughs> and, and that's an underappreciated aspect to the whole thing as well. Mind altering substances. Uh, auto regulation. <laughs> uh, I was going to say auto regulation, just uh, that uh, aspect of being able to feel yourself relax and uh, recover and be ready to take on the next thing the next day. Right. I mean, that's a challenge for me just in general. So, or any uh, mom. For everybody, yeah. <laughs> or any person, I suppose. I, I don't have to gatekeep being stressed. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you have your problems are not problems. Your your difficulties and obstacles are challenging, and they're uh, real. And you know, it sucks to have to go through them. But unfortunately, they're not unique to you. <laughs> Everyone's going. No, through. no, they're not. I'm not the only one struggling yeah. right now. Wow, wow. <laughs> You're not struggling though, but no, I, I it no, feels like <laughs> not really. <laughs> Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> Um, I guess the, la the last thing let's talk about is, is sleep. This won't take very long. So, I mean, the general advice is that I give is like between seven and nine hours. Most people fit in that. Yeah. Start at eight <laughs> or like or whatever or whatever number you're at. Get close to. Seven or eight, seven to nine. Yeah, I'm usually I'm usually between seven and a half to nine, depending on the day. Like maybe yeah. weekends, I get a little bit less, but generally speaking, and I'm pretty lucky. My kid sleeps, so yeah. I'm not usually up at night. So that's excellent. I, yeah, it is excellent. <laughs> it is excellent. Uh, so yeah, I usually I'll I might try to go to bed a little bit earlier. Mm -hmm. While I'm doing this, just to like help make sure. That's, but, a, that's a really good point. So maybe I guess uh, besides the amount of time that you get to, you go to you get to sleep, the consistency is also a, an important factor. Going to bed at the same time every day. Is it? It's good for setting your circadian rhythm mm -hmm. to be as efficient as it can be. If your circadian rhythm is as, as, as like, you know, on point as it can be, I think a safe statement to make is that your muscle hypertrophy is not going to be perturbed. Right. Got so it. we're just trying to make sure all the things are taken care of so that, you know, we just have to create the best environment for, for muscle hypertrophy to happen. Right. So then, like if, if sleep time is important and like I wake up around the same time anyway, cause Theo wakes up, but 
what about meals? Like, is it, would it be important to try to keep my meals to like the same time every day to keep that rhythm as well? Or do you think that that maybe isn't as important? Really good point. Really good point. Yeah. So definitely meal timing has a huge impact on your circadian rhythm. So if you're going to take the effort to, you know, uh, have a, an impact on that rhythm through timing your sleep, then I think it's important to time the food a little bit as well. I don't think you have to be super restrictive in terms of like having the food at the exact same time, more so like avoiding eating like a few hours before sleep. Right. So like at least two to three hours before sleep is kind of like a, you've already started your fast. Right. I usually just brush my teeth like after dinner and then you don't want to eat anything because you've brushed your teeth, you know, because then it tastes bad. You know, and then you have to do it again. So <laughs> it's, my, it's my trick. It's that's, that's really good advice. If uh, other people are also not like gross and just like, like whatever, I'll just eat anyway. <laughs> that's my husband. He's like, I'll just brush my teeth again. <laughs> yeah. I won't. I hate brushing my teeth. I hate it. Like exercise is something I feel like everybody needs to do. I think it's really important to like move your body and keep yourself going. Mm -hmm. If I never had to brush my teeth again, I'd be so happy. I hate it so much. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm probably on the same boat as you. I kind of like, I view it as, I view it as like this necessary evil, uh, and I'll, I'll often think about like what did like prehistoric man do for their for their oral health, like. Like not much, and then they got serious issues, and a lot of people died because of gum disease. Mm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's a reason we do it. You know, my toothbrush is timed, and like at the whole time, I'm like, <laughs> I hate it so much. I thought hunter gatherers had perfect teeth, though. Did they? I don't know. I don't Maybe know. they chewed on bones like dogs. I don't actually. Yeah. I don't know. This is only from like videos of archaeologists I've watched. They say like prehistoric man used to have like really good teeth, but um, again, maybe they a lot of processed sugars. That is an I think that's a hypothesis is that agrarian culture resulted in like uh, some uh, malformation of the mouth and and teeth from uh, yeah excess carbohydrates, but. Again, another topic for another conversation. <laughs> so that's good. I think we covered all three, all three things. Um, let's just kind of review it a real quick one more time. So adequate stimulus. We're doing the, the waves between volume and intensity. And maybe I think it's important to know, like I don't really have a lot of time in my day because I'm taking care of my kids. So I'm really, these workouts are going to be, I asked you anyway, to try to keep them within like a 30 to 45 minute range, including a warm up and cool down. So mm-hmm. I can like fit it in at nap time or. Yeah. Work. So yeah. it doesn't have to be like an hour and a half of weight training every day. Right. No. So it can be short, but what I will say is we have to then really pay key attention to what phase we're in. If we're in the volume phase, so you, you know, you have, let's say 30 minutes, that's totally fine. Take 30 minutes to do your workout. But then in order to get that volume up, you might have to do that same workout two or three different times throughout the day, wherever you can find that 30, 30 minute chunk to get into. Right. Or I can like, I can fit like some days I will have more time than others. 
I just mm-hmm. don't in general sense. If I'm home all day with Theo by myself, it's hard to. Yeah. 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 So I, I think it's like, honestly, like uh, what matters when it comes to training is that you have that weight between 40 to 85% uh, of your one rep max and you're pushing it close to failure. And it, in honesty, like I find that rest times don't really matter. What, 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 what matters is you get that volume, you, you know, you work your muscles close to failure and uh, you, you alternate between doing a lot and doing really intense exercises. Right. Mm-hmm. And then uh, diet, protein-centric approach, thinking about getting 100 to 120 grams of protein daily. Uh, having a micronutrient kind of outlook as well, making sure we get, we're getting lots of minerals through some of the foods like, uh, and vitamins through, uh, liver or bone broth, foods like that. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, getting a good amount of sleep and working on that circadian rhythm by getting a consistent, by going to sleep consistently. Right. Sounds easy in theory, John. yeah i think that covers everything i want to talk about actually yeah one last thing just want to say i want to go over like this is a post i've had on instagram so i'm just going to quote a couple of things i've written down so i just sound clear but these are the four keys to success that i think are really important okay and um Here's what, here's what they have. One, just be consistent. Okay. Consistency is king. doesn't matter if the intensity is not there every day. It's okay. You're just building a habit. Be consistent. Number two, make sure you get adequate stimulus from your training. (laughs) Right? So if you need to take it easy that day, that's okay. Take it easy, but still, you have to feel what you're doing. You know, you have to, you have to get, you have to get in there and try to, you know, try to go to the max of what that day allows you. Right. right? Yeah. Next incorporate periodization into your training. We're definitely going to do that. Right. We're going to do that wave loading wave, uh, volume intensity. Yeah. And then lastly, auto regulate. And take it easy when you don't feel your best. So I kind of already kind of mentioned that, but really like think of training as not this linear thing, but it's just like, <laughs> it doesn't make sense. It's doing loop to loops. <laughs> well, it's the same with weight loss, right? Like I definitely noticed that I've lost like, I guess 35 pounds now and it definitely, you know, mm. right like so you can't think of it as just like so i'm assuming that like this type of weight gain i guess um Mm -hmm. would follow the same general pattern great that's great yeah it's a that's a great way to look at it i'm glad that you kind of already have that mindset from from kind of like this well yeah uh, because the plateau times are tough they're they're (laughs) you know you go to bed and you're just like it's been like two weeks I've worked so hard, nothing's happened. And then two weeks later, you're like, oh, all right, never mind. I feel pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And one of my favorite phrases is to embrace the plateau. 
it's this opportunity to just really learn something much deeper than what you've already been doing because there's a reason why a plateau is happening. Right. You know, there, it's either maybe you just need a little bit more time or you've now kind of reached a new level where, uh, you know, same things aren't going to work anymore and, you know, you need to try something different. So it's just this opportunity to, to dive deep and find out what that key thing is and then uh, unlock it. You have to just like respect the journey and respect the process and know that it is like a process. It's not a, it's not a like snap your fingers and it's done kind of deal. Yeah. It's very cliche. Sounds cheesy, but yeah, there's no shortcuts, unfortunately. No, I get that a lot as a Pilates instructor too. People come to me for um, uh, pain management and they think, Oh, I've done five sessions now and I still have pain why am I not feeling better? Right. And it's that idea of it's not a quick fix, but the, the ones that aren't quick fixes are the best fixes. You just, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. That's a good, that's, that's a good, you take, a, take it one day at a time. Right. Mm-hmm. That's, that's beautiful. The things that aren't quick fixes are the best fixes. I think that's a beautiful way to end. You can quote it. You can add it on your Instagram quotes if you, if you want. <laughs> I think you I will do that. You don't, you don't even have to say it was me. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for agreeing to do this with me. And uh, Well, thank you. You're the one who's helping me on my journey. It's the least I can do, right? I'm super happy to help. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the end of the inaugural episode of Jmart's State of Health podcast. I hope you have some new action items on your to-do list for gaining muscle mass. Possibly you need to change up your training block or increase protein intake in your diet or improve sleeping habits. Whatever it may be, I hope this episode serves to be the first step in you taking action towards that behavioral change. If you found value in this episode, please hit the like button, leave a comment, and subscribe to my channel. You can also connect with me through my free bodyweight training program, Body Basics, at subscribepage.com slash body basics.